scoreline when he looks at like looks like a hammering. And it was a hammering though. They scored 28 points in about three minutes, and we couldn't stop them. You know, okay, so it was a hammering. But there's there's different levels of hammering here. OTB AM live weekday mornings from 7:30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. We're turning our attention now to the final test between Ireland and New Zealand with it all on the line tomorrow and we're joined to chat about this now with the All Blacks legend Justin Marshall. Justin, good morning, how's it going? Good morning to you. Well, it's good evening here, but I know it's morning over there. So yes, lovely to be on your show and uh, the excitement levels here in New Zealand as I'm sure they are all across the island about tomorrow's test match. Uh, uh, really feverish out there. The, t- the city is a buzz. Yeah, it's, it's great to have you on the show and this third test is going to go right to the wire. There was a massive reaction here in Ireland to the Irish team beating the All Blacks at home for the first time. What was the reaction like there in New Zealand to Ireland winning? Well, there's certainly plenty of Guinness uh, left over here. I'd imagine there wasn't plenty of Guinness left in Ireland. But, um, yeah, it was a little bit more sombre here. Obviously, uh, the All Blacks uh, haven't been beaten by Ireland in 115 years on our soil. So, you know, there was uh, there was certainly that sense of, uh, you know, that, that Ireland certainly deserved to win the game. But from an All Blacks perspective, uh, they've been outplayed comprehensively and it's set the series up perfectly. But it always does hurt when history gets changed to a negative. Uh, but certainly nobody throughout New Zealand, including uh, the public, the media, and I expect probably also the players didn't feel that the best team on the, on the night um, didn't win. So, you know, I'm thoroughly deserved the kudos for their uh, performance and I've set the series up nicely. And overall, what do you think that people think of this Irish team? Do you think at this moment in time there's a little bit of doubt there in the, in the All Blacks with facing Ireland tomorrow? There certainly is. Yeah, I, I don't think uh, there's, there's any doubt about the fact that uh, this Irish team is heavily respected. Uh, we feel that they're very well coached. They're a very well drilled side. Uh, they know their game plan incredibly well. Uh, they're very consistent with their selection. So the players are very aware of each other. The combinations um, have, have great synergy. Uh, whereas the All Blacks at the moment are all over the place. They are constantly changing their team. Uh, they are struggling to break down the Irish defence. Uh, you know, I know the first test was flattering for the All Blacks, but many people here thought it was flattering because... They actually had a bit of Irish luck on their side. The bounce of the ball kind of went went their way. They had some interests. They they probably didn't construct the game as well as Ireland. And actually, in that game, Ireland dominated possession and territory and all of the key stats, but just not the scoreboard. They consequently did that again last weekend. So, what what they've done here is actually generate a huge amount of respect for the style and man of rugby that they are playing. It's very New Zealand, uh, I guess, friendly because we love teams that play with the ball and they are doing that and they are scoring tries to beat the All Blacks, not kicking goals, scoring tries. So they have been incredibly well received out here. Uh, Justin, you've been in All Blacks teams that have maybe not got over the line in in World Cups or or maybe have felt the backlash from the public when they maybe expected you to win every single game in front of you. How does the backlash now compare to some of your experiences as a player? Yeah, I I had to shuffle through that uh, a couple of World Cups. You know, we we went out in semi-finals and 
there's always a, a massive review internally, but externally well as well, because the public have a vested interest in the All Blacks. They they do say that being the All Black coaches is a harder job than being the Prime Minister of New Zealand, because the whole country rides the results of the All Blacks. So when the All Blacks lose, uh, it's heavily scrutinised and. The, the thing with the with the All Blacks is every sort of uh, man, woman, baby, child, whatever it might be, um, you know, follows follows the team. So when when they're not performing, everybody feels it, and everyone has an opinion. That's probably the biggest thing. Um, for, look, there, there's always times where there is a, a building process. Um, you know, I certainly felt that in my time, you got to be able to take the criticism and move on because the expectation levels here are so high that they expect the All Blacks to win every single Test match regardless. Uh, the fallout here has been a lot on the coach in Foster. Uh, the players have been criticised but he's copping the main part of the, the, the criticism so it's a massive game for him in terms of how he goes forward for the rest of the year leading to the World Cup as well, the pressure he's under this week. Do, do you think that's fair that the focus is on Foster? What was that? Sorry, I missed that. Do, do you think it's fair that the most of the focus is on the head coach? Yeah, I do. Uh, I'm certainly not comfortable with the way the All Blacks are playing. Uh, I certainly feel that they're not playing the traditional game that the All Blacks are well known for, which is getting their back three into the game. So the wingers and the fullback getting space because there's massive attacking potential out there. But at the moment, they're really struggling to get the ball into those outside channels where those players are so lethal. Uh, they're being they're being shut down and beaten quite comprehensively at the breakdown. Um, their set piece has been okay. Uh, but I think the criticism is off the back of they don't seem to be going out there and constructing a game like Ireland are, and that's what's impressing everybody with Ireland. They're quite comfortable to go 18, 20 phases with the ball to, to beat the defence. The All Blacks, after five, six phases, if they get stuck, are resorting to kicking the ball away, and that is very much not in our DNA, to kick the ball away because we're lost for ideas. Uh, that's very outside of what New Zealand rugby thinking is usually like. So... Yeah, I think it is um, justified uh, that they haven't formulated a game plan to bring their key X-Factor players into the game. And then they look a little bit lost when they're under pressure. Very unlike them. So that's why they're saying, well, what sort of coaching are they getting and how are the leaders standing up on the field? Yeah, it definitely feels that he's a man under pressure at the minute. But to get rid of a coach a year out from a World Cup, it's, it's not ideal preparation? No, it's not. And, and it won't happen. Uh, you know, as much as people are crying for, for Ian Foster to get the sack, uh, you know, the biggest thing, and, and everybody knows this within sport, when a new coach comes in, it takes him a little bit of time to establish his culture and his mindset uh, and to galvanise the players in the way that he thinks, and, and then they get their synergy off that. But also, if you're a new coach coming in, if it was me, for example, you completely wipe the slate. You don't want any of the support staff. So all the other coaches have to go, uh, and everybody is, and all the um, you know the, the the other peripheral members of of uh, support staff. You know, you're talking physios, doctors, because a new coach will bring in the people that he trusts and he knows. So you're talking a massive clean out. And in the modern day, with all the rugby we've lost under COVID in the last two years, the New Zealand Rugby Union, like many unions, wouldn't have, I don't think, the the finances to support getting rid of an entire team uh, and paying them out and then bringing in a new one. So 
um, yeah, I'd be very, very surprised if that happens. So we're really hopeful that Ian Foster and the players can get their act together and start playing uh, the type of rugby that we know they're capable of. And there is some changes to the team for tomorrow. Um, is this the strongest All Blacks team that you've seen yet of the series? You know what? You see, you hit it right on the, the right on the nail and right on the head there. The, the problem is there's more changes. Mm. And so when you change around key areas of the game, so the midfield is one of them where they've brought uh, David Harvelli into the midfield with Rico Ioane. Uh, they've made a change in the back three where, where uh, Will Jordan's going into the uh, right wing position. And also the loose forwards and the in the front row. Now they all are areas where you need combos and players that are familiar with each other. And when you get under pressure, you look to the guy beside you, you know that familiar face, and you've been to the cold face before and you get on with it. So constantly changing the team is not helping get that rhythm that I'm talking about. Conversely, Ireland, I, I could have named Ireland's team this week, to be perfectly honest, because <laughs> you know it's it's just it's just so well established and and barring injury. Um, like what Andy Farrell was forced to do with Ringrose, those players know each other so, so very well. So, yeah, look, there's been some changes. People are saying it's better all that side, but what worries me is it's a side that's going to take a little bit of time to click again and gel. Uh, and they can't afford to do that because Ireland have, in the first two test matches, come like a bull out of the gate and started so well in the first 20 minutes. And that's been a test match can get away from you. So, look... The players that are coming in are quality players, but I am very wary uh, of the fact that it's more changes in significant positions, and I'm hoping that they find their rhythm quickly, or we could be uh, steering down the barrel even before half-time, which wouldn't be nice. It would be, it would be on our end, but yeah, it's funny because we were actually, yeah. <laughs> we were actually hoping for changes over the last while. Maybe not now, coming into the the final test game. You know, obviously there's a lot on the line. Um, but but you're dead right in terms of players being aware of each other, being comfortable with each other. You know, be you know you're you're going to play a hell of a lot better if you're aware who's beside you and certain plays. And there's also exciting times as well with Roger Tuivasa-Shek. He is set to make his debut. He's got a, a good story too. Yeah, he absolutely has. You know, started in rugby. Um, he was a age group star, and then rugby snaffled him, as they do with uh, certain players that have massive potential when they're very young before they they really get to grow up in rugby. Rugby league get them at a much earlier age than than what rugby identifies them. So he went off, had a very successful rugby league career, uh, both internationally uh, and mostly in Australia, and ended up with New Zealand Warriors. Uh, and then left them to get into rugby. Um, has had a very good season with the Blues. Uh, many were surprised that he got selected. They thought that he was still a bit green and needed more time. Um, but he certainly does have a unique season. We've just lost him there, Justin, but we'll get him back in just a moment's time. It was actually interesting. I asked that question on because um, Roger, he obviously maybe will come on. He'll make his debut this weekend. be a massive moment for him. But he actually um, spoke about in an article how he would actually read the plays on an iPad. And he was, you know, he was so concerned of what certain plays. And, you know, they said to him, you know, put the, put the iPad down and just concentrate on going out there and expressing yourself and don't be so caught up in, in the plays. So, yeah, that was an interesting part that I'm going to maybe speak to Justin about too. Yeah, 
I wonder that's uh, that's kind of probably an interesting dilemma for a lot of the New Zealand coaching team at the moment. I suspect the sort of off the cuff nature versus the oh god, we need to get control of this team back and we need to coach them to better results. So I wonder if they straight jacketed a little bit too much. Like I guess tomorrow will tell us a lot because the pressure doesn't really get any higher than the entire nation, as Justin points out there, uh, breathing on your neck after a couple of bad results. This is it, absolutely. And we have Justin back. I think brilliant. Yes, Justin, we were just talking about Roger there. I was saying to Owen that he actually had spoke about in an article how he was looking at plays on an iPad and Ian Foster just sort of put his hand on his shoulder and said, put the iPad down, you know, we, we want you to go out and play and express yourself and it's it's not about being robots out there. Yeah, sorry about that. We're, we're obviously on the under end of the world. I'm not sure how we lost that connection. Uh, I, was, I was regaling some Liam Neeson, actually, comparing his particular sets of skills that he has to Roger Tuivasa-Sheck <laughs> and the internet. The internet didn't like it for some reason, but anyway, <laughs> I digress. Um, yeah, I think that's what they need. I, I think they need to show the ability to play on instinct and, and be not not robotic, but uh, be instinctive. You know, if something appears in front of you, break out of the pattern and, and use your skills. And and I'm certainly sure that that's why Roger Tuivasa-Sheck has been included in this week's squad because... You know, pre-contact, his footwork is out of this world. He's super explosive and he'll be somebody and something that the Irish haven't seen before. So maybe mm-hmm. a little lace up the sleeves that the All Blacks have coming off the, off the bench. Uh, Justin, I remember we were speaking to you before uh, Ireland played New Zealand in, in 2019 at the World Cup and obviously we were getting your take as a former scrum half on, on Conor Murray and, and his importance to the Joe Schmidt game plan. What, what's been your view of Jamison Gibson Park in the green shirt so far? He seems to have uh, come straight in. He's done a, a really, really good job under Andy Farrell over the last 12, 18 months. Uh, do you think he's been so pivotal to how Ireland have, have changed and their style of play, which is a little bit more expressive in 2022? Yeah, I, I certainly do. I, I think there's there's no rocket science behind the selection of Jameson Gib, uh, Gibson Park. Um, he he certainly plays his role differently than um, you know than, than other halfbacks, and and because of that, he he brings in a unique style. Now, Connor Murray is uh, still a very good international scrum half and incredibly capable. So they have a they have a one-two punch really Ireland. I'm quite surprised that Connor's not been getting more game time. But if you notice and watch Jameson Gibson Park, what he's very good at, a lot of scrum halves will go to to the breakdown and, and they'll clear the ball quickly like Aaron Smith does. Well, if you keep an eye on James, Jameson Gibson Park, what he does is he gets to the ball very quickly, but then he bounces out with a couple of steps. So he actually lifts the ball. Instead of passing it straight away, he'll take a couple of steps, which brings defenders towards him. They have to consider him. And that gives time for players around him to run better lines, run better angles. And it gives Johnny Sexton also time to then make his movement of what Gibson Park is doing um, with depth and and get him behind runners. And that's what is really causing uh, New Zealand defence big, big problems. That that little combo in doing that is really hard to stop because you have to consider... Uh, Gibson Park in case he decides to run so yeah I certainly think that it's evolved and changed the way that Ireland play and, and particularly attack and that's why he's been selected uh, now that, that might have been that might have sounded quite complicated so if it was too complicated complicated for everybody out there I do apologise but you asked me something about scrum halves I'm going to go in depth it was my, my old position 
I'd also be interested to, to hear about Johnny Sexton. Is it the best version oh. of Johnny we've seen at the moment? Yeah. Yeah, without doubt. Uh, you know, how, how bad is this out here? Many people are saying here at the moment that if we had Johnny Sexton in our side, that, that would mean him replacing Bowden Barrett. Uh, you know, we, we, would, we would be much, much more organised uh, and would be much, much more uh, game plan orientated. You know, he's just pulling all the strings out there. He's doing such a fantastic job. Uh, the, the, well, I watched them end on, end on at the weekend and... He is very much at the peak of his powers right now. He's incredibly important to Ireland uh, and the way that they play. Uh, but is, there's no doubt that he is the catalyst for Ireland's two to three prong attack that is causing the All Blacks problem. Every time it touches or goes through Johnny Sexton, uh, there, there are major, major options off him that All Blacks are struggling to try and break down. And where does he line up alongside some some of the great out halves? How does he compare to say Dan Carter? He walks in their footsteps without doubt, and I think his uh, you know his record speaks of that. You're not only a great Irish player against the man, but also a British and Irish line. Uh, you know the, the the caps that he's accumulated, his resilience, uh, the way that he's evolved and changed his game. You know, he walks in the footsteps of the Carters, of the Johnny Wilkinsons, um, of the of the of the the world um, in recent years. You know, he's very much um, deserved of that as well. He's a he's a legend of Irish rugby and world rugby, and massively respected here in New Zealand for the way he plays. And overall, Justin, then how do you see it going tomorrow? <laughs> you know what I had I had Quinny Alan Quinlan on last week on Sky TV and he absolutely bottled it because he was I said to him mate this is going out to 5 million people and he said oh no yeah uh, the All Blacks will win comfortably this afternoon and I was like alright oh, come on playing up to the Quilly. crowd so unfortunately for you guys yeah I'm not going to I'm not going to play up to the the Irish listeners, unfortunately, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick true to my my All Black uh, history and say that the All Blacks will get the job done in a very close encounter. But I have to say that. But if I was perfectly honest, I'm not super confident in saying it, but I am saying it. Go ahead, Owen. No, I was just gonna say, Quinny called uh, an Ireland win on our show last week, Justin. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, mate. I tell you, the superlatives that come out of his mouth sometimes are absolutely outstanding. I think I'm catching him for a beer in about an hour, so uh, don't worry. I'll make sure that I, I, I know that you've told me that. I'll let him know. Brilliant, Justin. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Anytime, guys. Thanks very much for having me on. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.